Welcome, classic movie fans, to another edition of our Hollywood Golden Age Memories podcast. This is Johnny again, and I'd like to thank you all for joining me. I wanted to talk a little bit about how Hollywood portrayed real-life issues during the golden era. And it's interesting, when you see the way movies were framed in that era as opposed to today, of course, you know, with looking at it in hindsight, you know, we have more technology, special effects, and other issues that... Uh, other things that make make a picture more appealing today. But in Hollywood's golden era, they excelled really well in the human side of framing a character and in bringing to life issues that were affecting a lot of people, but were pretty much under the table. And two movies in particular that really stand out, and I had the privilege of seeing it recently again. I've seen them numerous times. But, you know, after each subsequent viewing, there's certain things that you come away with that you didn't get in the prior viewing. And the two movies that I wanted to talk a little bit about is The Best Years of Our Lives and Now Voyager. I'm sure those are two classics that you've all have seen. And in The Best Years of Our Lives was a very powerful movie. It came out in 1946, right after the end of World War II. And one of the great classics, it won Best Picture. Frederick March won Best um, Actor as well and numerous other accolades. And it routinely comes up as one of the best movies ever made in most lists of movie historians and American Film Institute and so forth. But what I wanted to talk about is just how Hollywood, you know, William Wilder does such a great job here in just talking about, you know, the human issues, the side of coming back from the war and the issue of mental health. For example, when you see in the best years of our lives, the issue of post-traumatic stress syndrome, you know, when you compare to what we know about mental health today, as opposed to back then, it was still in its infancy. And so of course, back then, you know, there was a stigma associated with discussing mental health issues, depression, and so forth. Most people had to suffer in silence. But this movie brought out beautifully the adjustments that our war veterans had to encounter coming back home, trying to rebuild their lives, trying to reconnect with their families, their spouses, their children, and so forth. But what I liked about here is that instead of just doing it with one character, they had three different characters so that way it brings to life all the variety of issues that the veterans went through, not just only for the, the veterans, but also people here in the home front. So each character, you know, Frederick March, um, who was playing the husband, who the sergeant who was coming back home, he had a wife and children. His issue coming back home was dealing with the disconnect with his family. His kids had grown up. He kind of felt detached from them. He had to readjust, readjust again to his wife. And of course, coming back home to work in the bank again and that type of life. And you could see that the war experience changed him. Those things that made him content and satisfied before were no longer enough. He needed an outlet to express what he went through. And so when you see there the issues that he had with the alcoholism, that kind of was like his way of just, you know, trying to find consolation, trying to find relief, just trying to suppress or pacify those things that he was feeling inside. And it was very inspiring just to see how he was able to do that. You know, he, you know, didn't lose his bearings. He still connected with his family. There were some other issues that took place as well, especially with Dana Andrews's character. And I think to me, Dana Andrews was the one that really made the movie special. You know, of course, like, as I mentioned, Frederick March won the Oscar and, you know, he's a great actor, a legend. 
But Dana Andrews's character to me was the one playing the Captain Fred Derry. Coming back, he was in the Air Force. He was already married when he came back home, but he obviously saw that his wife became too independent for him. And she actually had a lot of vanity that he, after experiencing what he saw in the war, those kind of things didn't appeal to him anymore. And as you can see there, he was struggling trying to find employment and to try to hold and support his wife and his marriage. But, you know, and apparently it failed. But you can see there Teresa Wright's character, Peggy Stevenson, played beautifully. You know, Teresa Wright did a terrific job. She's also a great legend. And she was able to see through all the facade of him not having any money or all the other setbacks that he was encountering. She saw his real value as a person. She was able to overlook that and she sympathized well with what he was suffering, especially in that first night in that scene where... After a night of drinking, their first night back home into the States. And when he had that episode while sleeping where he was chanting or reliving that that flashback of a horrible experience where he lost one of his shipmates. I mean, his one of his uh, uh, friends in the in the air campaign. And right there, you could see she realized the gravity of the situation. And so she had a lot of sympathy and compassion for him as a person. And of course, it gradually increased to love And so it was very powerful because there were two humble people who were lost in this world and they were able to find themselves. And the ending was very realistic, too, which I liked. You know, there was going to be a lot of further obstacles ahead and them coming together. But they recognized that. And that's why I love the ending of that movie, because it shows what was in front of them, what they were willing to uh, meet those challenges together. And the other character, Harold Russell, did a terrific job playing Homer Parrish, the character who was in the Navy. And he lost both of his limbs in the war. So his issue was coming back home, knowing he had a fiance who loved him. But now he was his inadequacies because of what he suffered in the war. He didn't think that he could be a suitable husband or provide for her. And he just felt, you know, inadequate in the world. And so he was ready to throw that away. He was really struggling with trying to find himself. But again, what I liked about the best years of our lives is that when people are going through different issues, it's really powerful to know that along the way, you'll encounter characters or people that really will sympathize with you and help you along the journey. And that was the whole point of the movie. Just shows that they gave the best years of their lives in a campaign, you know, in a war that unfortunately was necessary with the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So these men gave everything. Some were able to return with unscathed and some did not. And so that was some of the things that the ones that did return had to deal with, knowing that they survived, but some of them didn't survive. They didn't come back the way they were before. They lost that innocence and they knew, like Fred uh, Dana Andrews' character in the middle of the movie when he tells his wife, uh, played by Virginia Mayo, that things will never be the way they were because of what he went through. And so apparently she didn't understand that. She kept saying, oh, just forget about the war. The war is over. He kept hearing that, but he knew in his heart, and his mind, the war was never over because he was forever changed by it. So that's another movie to show, you know, the real life issues of post-traumatic stress syndrome that, you know, America was dealing with at that time. But, you know, it was a topic still in its infancy. It was something that needed to be discussed. And thankfully, the movie did an excellent job in portraying those issues and how those characters were able to move forward with their lives and rebuild while at the same time dealing with those uh, struggles, those mental injuries. So a very powerful movie, very inspiring, and it's good to see it from time to time. 
just to help you to move forward. And then the other movie, one of my favorites, you know, Now Voyager with Betty Davis, also made in 1942. She was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress that year. And of course, she didn't win because, you know, uh, Greer Garson won for her magnificent portrayal of Miss Miniver. So obviously during the war years, that was going to sway the Oscar voters. But in any other year, Betty Davis probably would have won for her portrayal of Charlotte Vale, a young woman who was unmarried, a spinster aunt. And the stigma of being an old maid of, in other words, in that time, you know, the lifespan was shorter. If you were reapproaching your 30s and you weren't married yet, it was kind of like you were not uh, married material. And so there was, a, uh, unfortunately, in those days, there was a stigma associated with that. If you weren't married, didn't have your own family. And of course, she was dealing with low self-esteem issues because she was an unwanted child, you know, played by a under the wing of a domineering mother, played terrifically by Gladys Cooper, a very powerful role there. But as we can see there, once she had a nervous breakdown, you know, Charlottesville played by Betty Davis. And so Dr. Jack with played by Claude Rains, another fabulous actor from Hollywood's golden era. And so they recommended that she go to this treatment center where she could recover, you know, from what was ailing her emotionally. And while she was there, she was actually exposed to things that actually usually helps people to overcome uh, serious setbacks in life. And that's um, the connection with another human being, someone that, you know, builds up your self-esteem. And that's what happened there with uh, Paul Honoré's character, you know, that interest that he saw in her as a woman and then that connection that they made, that, that loving connection. And it actually re rebuilt her. It rebuilt her personality, rebuilt her character. It gave her fortitude. And of course, as you see along the way, it wasn't something that just happened abruptly. And that's what I liked about that movie, because when she came back home to, again, live with her mom, and she was dealing with that, again, the rants and the uh, repression of her mother, and that scene where she received that bouquet from Paul Henry's character, and that kind of gave her the courage to not be afraid and to move forward. So when you see in that movie, that clip where she resisted her mother's efforts to move to the other room she resisted her mother's efforts to go back to her old wardrobe. She insisted on wearing the things that she wanted. You could see how it gave her courage. You know, that love that she had, this connection with Paul Henry's character was very inspiring. And Paul Henry's another interesting character because, you know, of course, he was, a, you know, not in that first level, first ranking of Hollywood stars of that era. But still, there were certain actors in that time period, Paul Henry being one of them, George Brent, another where while their acting skills were pretty average, they were very good complementary players to a strong leaning lady. And so that's what Paul Henry did here. He there was a couple of scenes there, of course, that were really powerful. That scene when they were looking overlooking the coast and, you know, he first kissed her and the scenes where he was lighting up the cigarettes and giving it to her. Very tender moments there that show that connection that two people who were struggling with certain things in their life because his character was dealing with his issues with his marriage and the mental health issues with his daughter. So they both came together and they both built each other up to better things. And so you like to see that transformation in that those types of movies, how the real life character is what we go through in life and how you're able to rebuild along the way. So that was very inspiring, very encouraging movie at that time. 
So two classics that I think should definitely be in your classic movie library if you don't have so already. Even if you've seen it every few times, it's good to refresh and see them again, you know, for the pure entertainment, but also for the reality aspect of it. So there's quite a few of them from that era that were very powerful that dealt with real life issues in that time. You know, so hopefully you'll be able to see a lot more of those as I certainly will make the time to see. So I thank you all for listening and I hope you all are doing well, enjoying the summer so far. And until next time to another episode of our classic Hollywood Golden Age Memories podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care.